Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Going Rounds podcast, episode 82, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 82. Um, yeah, we're back Thursday night. Time to go some rounds with everything going on in combat sports and mainly the UFC, MMA. Honestly, there's nothing going on in combat sports right now. I mean, there's a few little things here and there, but honestly, it's just not something that... I mean, it's not anything... There's really nothing. Uh, that's that's the truth. There's not a whole lot going on. For some reason, you know, there's little stuff here and there. There's the constant UFC 300 rumors, and we're still waiting on... I, I guess that's the main thing. We're still waiting on the main event for UFC 300 to be announced. Because they still haven't done that. So maybe we could, I can talk about that for a minute. Um, but otherwise, not a whole lot going on. You know, boxing is is boxing. The PFL, Bellator are trying to get ramp up to do the, you know, uh, what is it, the champion versus champion um, event that they want to do. So, you know, I think that's coming up later this month or next month. I don't remember exactly, but... That's what's happening with that. So, there, I mean, there's just not a lot going on. It's weird. And even in the other shows and stuff I listen to and, and, and pay attention to, all, all the talk is around what's happening, you know, over the weeks with the, with the previous um, fights and the, and the next fights and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know. It's just sometimes it's like that. There's so much big news going on for a long time and then, there's like a lull, and then we'll get some more big news. So as soon as that 300 uh, main event gets announced, everyone's going to be, it, it's going to be a big talk. Right now being rumored, I guess, is uh, everyone's saying they should make Alex uh, Pereira versus Tom Aspinall to have Alex go up to heavyweight now that he's the light heavyweight champ, previously the middleweight champ. They're saying that maybe he's going to move up to heavyweight and challenge Tom Aspinall since Aspinall doesn't have a anybody to fight really at the moment because of John Jones and the injuries and stuff. And so Aspinall's the interim champ right now. And basically, I guess the the thing people are saying that are is, is a possibility is you know Pereira goes up to try to become a three division champion, which has never been done, and then. But even though it'd be for the interim. So Tom Aspinall would defend the interim title, which has happened before. I, I believe Henan Burrow did that uh, off the top of my head. That's the one I can think of when I think that was when Dominic Cruz was out for like three years or something like that. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's happened before, too. But it's weird when they, you know, defending an interim belt. Like, why are we doing this? Let's just make it the undisputed title. And let John Jones come. I've talked about this before. But, I mean, it's the truth. Like, why not have John Jones come in later and just ha have an automatic shot at the title when he's healthy and ready? Um, but I guess, yeah, I guess. I guess that's kind of. I, that's my feeling on it. I feel like just let him come in when he's ready and. And, and then, you know, fight for the title right away. Uh, it is what it is. He deserves it with the, with the record and 
moving up and getting the title right away and stuff like that. And, you know, he got injured. It's unfortunate, but let the let the division keep going. Stop holding it up. But they want to make that John Jones Stipe fight. So they're hoping for a quick return for Jones so that Stipe, him and Stipe can fight. They can kind of get that legendary fight out of the way. Stipe, they'll probably both retire, if not at least Stipe. And then, you know, move on from there. But as of right now, Tom Aspinall is the interim title holder for the heavyweight division. And there's rumors going around that that might happen. But I don't know. I don't see it. Um, I still think that they should do the Connor fight. That's probably their best bet. And really the only thing that's out there and open. But Dana White keeps going around talking about who knows when Tom, when Tom, <laughs> when Connor is going to actually be when Connor's actually going to fight. For some reason, Dana White keeps talking about Connor in the manner that it's like he's not ready. That's that's kind of the way he keeps saying it. Connor keeps talking about how he's ready. He's getting impatient. He's, you know, getting sick of waiting and he's got uh gripes about it and and he talks shit and says I'm ready this, I'm ready that, but nothing has happened. Nothing has moved. So the other, the other rumor, the other speculation going around for 300 is that they're waiting for the Super Bowl this weekend, the big game, I guess I should say. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody's Nobody important enough is listening to this, and I'm <laughs> apparently saying SB is, uh, I don't give a shit, saying Super Bowl is, is, is supposed to be not great um, when you're doing stuff like this, but I don't give a fuck. So... When the big game comes around, <laughs> um, they're saying because already there's a there's a commercial going around, a Bud Light commercial that has Dana White in it, and they're saying that they're gonna use the game to put out because it's happening in Vegas, you know, it's the the home of the UFC, and because it's so like wrapped around kind of the UFC is all all over. Vegas and with the Super Bowl being in Vegas then you know they're thinking that's the perfect time maybe they'll in a commercial break announce you know Dana White announces it in a kind of a more maybe hopefully he doesn't go on live TV or puts out some kind of pre-recorded commercial where he's like what's up everybody I got an announcement because <laughs> that's what he does he screams as loud as possible <coughs> That made me cough. I don't know how he does that. But he screams as loud as possible into the camera, and it looks ridiculous. And I don't know why he does it. It drives me crazy. I get it. You're hyped. But I don't think you need to scream. <laughs> I don't think you need to scream about it. <laughs> it seems so dumb. And everybody makes fun of him for it. It's hilarious. Uh, it drives me crazy because I'm just like, I just want to know what's happening, but I don't want to have to sit through Dana White screaming about it. So... Hopefully he doesn't do that, but if they announce it, that would be pretty cool. Uh, during the Super Bowl, you know, everyone's paying attention uh, to, you know, watching for the the commercials and all that. That's actually pretty genius. Um, so they announce it, and then, of course, who would they pick? Who do they use? Well, use your biggest star. Maybe that's why they're holding out. They want to announce it in a gigantic way like that. They throw it across T-Mobile Stadium. They put it on the big screens at Allegiant Stadium during the Super Bowl. That UFC 300 is going to be headlined by Conor McGregor, the person everybody knows, the mainstream guy. Everyone knows him. 
And then, you know, you throw that fight out there against who the fuck ever, but it's probably going to be Michael Chandler. I guarantee that's what's going to happen. Not not that specifically, but he's going to fight Michael Chandler unless something crazy happens. Chandler wouldn't be holding out. Why would he be holding out otherwise, right? So who knows? That would be pretty genius to do it during the Super Bowl, during a commercial break where everyone's paying attention because a lot of people watch Super Bowl just to see that commercial break uh, and not even to watch the game or just to watch the halftime show, whatever. So I, who knows? If anybody out there is watching and has an idea of what they would like to see or how they think it's going to be announced, throw it in the chat. The chat's live. It's open. You know, go ahead and uh, say what you want and uh, say what you think. And, yeah, I'll uh, I'll respond. I'll interact with you, too, and give my thoughts on what maybe you think might happen. If it's going to be Connor, if it's going to be somebody else. You know, they've, they've, there's been all this uh, talk about Connor and Nate trilogy, possibly. Connor and Chandler, of course. The Aspinall Pareda thing. Uh, Leon Edwards and somebody. Um, I mean, there has been nonstop rumors, nonstop speculation as to what's going to happen there. But they have not named a main event. So there's still something to come. And uh, I'm excited for it. I just hope that they they get it over with. And it would be nice to have it be done this weekend. Because it's getting close. <laughs> I don't know what they're pulling in the background there. But they're definitely high, uh, uh, building it and building it. I mean, they don't really talk. Everyone else talks about it. The UFC doesn't really say much. Dana just says, oh, you can't, you're not going to be able to handle what the main event's going to be. Well, if you know, why the fuck aren't you just telling us? Just say it already, God damn it! <laughs> what are we doing here? Why are we playing this game? But that's that's that with 300. And I don't know. I, I went in and ran on that because I have been thinking about it since I heard some of those theories earlier. Uh, the Super Bowl one, though, I mean, that's pretty, that's marketing genius, and, and the UFC is known for stuff like that, so maybe they have enough pull to get into that, uh, the commercial space of the Super Bowl, and then because it's happening in the home, t- the home city of the UFC, which would be Vegas, obviously, and, uh, throw it, like I said, throw it all over the big screens, man. That shit will bring all kinds of attention. So, that'd be genius. Let's do it. Get it over with. We want to fucking know already. <laughs> so, everyone can stop talking about it. And we can actually start talking about what the matchups are going to be like. So, yeah. we. But we're coming up to UFC 298. Ilya Tapuria versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, a little bit about that. I mean, you know, I'm not doing an official combat sports news segment. I'm, I'm just going to talk about it here for a minute because... This is just going to be part of the intro, I guess, because I don't have a lot going on either. I'm going on a vacation this weekend, another trip that I I uh, gifted my wife for Christmas. Um, and speaking of genius, um, <laughs> Valentine's Day worked in there <laughs> because of the timing <laughs> and the date. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was pretty smart, but uh, anyway, yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna go on a little trip for the weekend, which is cool. Um, and uh, that's really all that's going on with me besides work stuff, as usual. Um, played golf a few times over the past couple weeks. That's been fun. That's been good. But, uh, yeah, that's it for me. So just quick rundown of what I got going on. Other than that, just focusing on content for this, as usual. Um, I, I love it, so I have to keep it going. But I wanted to see real quick, since I brought up 298, which is 
Not this weekend, but next weekend. February 17th. Uh, again, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Tapuria. Volkanovsky going back to the division he's champion in, featherweight. Um, so after getting beat, getting KO'd badly by uh, Makachev. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh, after that, let's see how he bounce, bounces back. Because a lot of times you, you get... KO'd like that, man. Um, and 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 he's been talking about how three to four weeks leading up to the fight that he, uh, you know, he took that on short notice. So three to four weeks leading up to that, he was drinking a bunch and and was just in a bad state. Um, I don't know that he full on said maybe he shouldn't have. Uh, I don't know that he full on said maybe he shouldn't have taken the fight, but it sounds like it would have been better if he didn't. So let's see how he bounces back. Maybe he realizes the error of his ways and he comes back to win in a in a big way but Ilya Tapuria is undefeated he's 14 and 0 and uh yeah he he looks pretty unstoppable but he's been talking mad shit so that's the one thing that's happened this week is he's been on a rampage talking about all these guys that have fought for the title before or held it before like Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez um and Brian Ortega, he mentioned specifically, he said they might as well retire because I'm not going to give him a chance. And it's like, you know, usually the champ can call some shots, but dude, you just become the champ. Wait, you haven't even become the champ yet. <laughs> okay, Alexander Volkanovsky is no joke. He's not someone that you're just you can just look past. So every time I've doubted this fool, he's come out and done big things and fucked people up. So, uh. I don't doubt him, and to look past him like that, I mean, Ilya Tapuria is going on Instagram and changing <laughs> changing his bio, saying he's the undisputed featherweight champion, and that he's 15-0, which means he's already stating that he's the champ, and he's got that extra win next to, or on his record. Like, confidence is cool, and I say, you know, cool, that's good, go for it, but uh, you look like a real dumbass when you get knocked the fuck out or you get just tooled in that cage when you do shit like that. So is that what you want, Ilya? <laughs> I mean, I know I get the confidence, man, but just go out there and say, hey, when I win the title, you can play that game. Don't play when people say if you say nope, when that's fine. Do that. But man, you're going all in to me. That's a fucking jinx. <laughs> or maybe it's genius, too, because maybe maybe he knows something we don't about. Volkanovsky, he thinks that the losses mean the losses to Makachev mean basically Volk is done and that his confidence is gonna be shit and basically uh it's gonna be kind of an easy fight for him. I don't see that happening at all. Uh I like Ilya, but I don't like the shit that he's been talking lately. And then especially talking about these other guys who have been at the, the top of the division for so long. I get it, shake up the division. Um, get some new blood in there or whatever. I, I understand how that works too. But man, just saying that they should might as well retire. Like, get, get out of here, dude. That's fucking, you're crazy. Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez, and Brian Ortega. You're talking about some of the elites. Like, shit. Okay. I mean, if you get the belt, I get it. You're undefeated. You're the number one contender. You're fighting for the belt. But man, that's big talk. You're going to look like a fool if you come out with a big loss. So that's the shit talk for the week coming from Tapuria. Anyway, other big fights on this card. 
Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa, which Chael Sonnen seems to think that's not going to happen for whatever reason. It's still on the card, so let's go with it. Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary. Uh, Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary, I'm interested in that fight because there was beef there before. Ian Gary's still undefeated, and, you know, there's all the all the shit going around with him. So we'll see how he bounces back after now that he's had some time to sit on all that, work through it, and hopefully get his head on straight because uh, his last fight didn't look the – oh, no, because he pulled out of that last fight and, you know, for the illness, pneumonia or whatever. And I think a lot of that contributed to a lot of the stress that was put on him with all of the rumors and and talk shit-talking going on about him. But then we have the the fight I'm really looking forward to besides the main event here. Henry Cejudo versus Marab Devalishvili. That's going to be a badass fight. 16-4 and four for Marab. Henry is 16-3. and three. A lot of shit talking going on there because, of course, the King of Cringe, Henry Cejudo. Triple C, Cringe, Cringy, Cringe. <laughs> That's what those C stands for. He's been champs in a lot of things, but the Cringe is what he's the king of. And, yeah, he's been talking that shit, but Marab is a fucking beast. So... Then you got Anthony Hernandez versus Roman Kopilov. That should be a good fight as well. But yeah, that that's coming up, man. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping to go ahead and do a watch party for that one. We'll see, though. I will announce that coming uh, when we get closer to it. So anyway, that's just a bit of a rundown, a bit of a you know a look at what's been happening. Um, and thing. I should have just went ahead and done the header and, and put the music on, but I didn't prep anything for it because I didn't really have any pictures or anything because there's there's no visuals for any of this because it's just rumors, speculation, and shit talking. So there it is. We went through it a little bit, and that got some of my thoughts out of my head. So that's that's kind of what I wanted to do was work through that. So, uh oh, oh I just remembered something that I forgot, and I'm an idiot. So I'm going to add that in now. While I, uh, while I talk about the fact that I need everybody to remember to like and subscribe and share uh, this video and other videos or just the link to my page. Uh, if you could, please, because that helps me grow the channel. Um, I'd be much appreciated. Uh, I'd be much appreciative if you did that is what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah, I, I mean, I definitely want to grow the channel. I mean, I, I like doing this. I always say it and I, and I want to just make sure that I, I just want to make sure that I keep it going and it feels kind of worth it. So anyway, I'm on, I'm on like low energy today. What the fuck's wrong with me? I'm gearing up for this vacation. That's what it is. I'm, I'm ready to go, um, mentally ready to go, but I need to do some, uh, packing and stuff so it's gonna happen after this <laughs> so let's get through this let's get started let's go with a recap of UFC Vegas 85 um I'm gonna do a little bit of on the fly work here uh because I want to make sure that I add this one visual in that I meant to add in and I forgot. Did I even send it to myself? I'm not sure. Anyway, USC Vegas 85 was a pretty good card. Um, now, actually, it wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. I I, um, I lied. It wasn't really that great because 
there was a lot of fouls happening. There's a lot of kind of dirty stuff going on during the fights. A lot of uh, eye, po eye pokes and um, illegal shots and stuff. It kind of sucked um, in that manner. And, you know, there wasn't any really big, crazy, exciting fights. So that made for not a great card, I guess. The main event, I was looking more forward to the co-main than I was the main event. Um, but none of it was knock your socks off type stuff. But hey, after a week off, I enjoyed it. I actually watched all of the, actually watched all of the main card um, because I was I was super interested in it, and I was, you know, kind of hoping for a, a better card than what actually happened. So, but you know, it is what it is. It happens. Roman Delizze versus um, uh, I always forget his. Uh, Nasruddin Imavov uh, was the main event here, but um, not a lot of big names in the lower on the on the prelim cards. Uh, Markel Maderos versus Landon Quinones. That was a unanimous decision win for Maderos in the lightweight division. There's a lot of decisions on this card, and that's kind of what let what led to the card just being okay, you know, because the decisions they just some a lot of them were kind of drawn out. And it just felt like we needed more action. So that was the issue with that. Uh, Luana Carolina versus Julia Stolyarenko. That was a pretty exciting fight. Um, Carolina with the big win there. TKO by punches in the third round. That was a catchweight fight. Um, I don't know which one of those fighters missed weight. I don't remember. But it was a prelim, prelim fight. So... Sometimes um, it not a lot not a lot of attention gets paid to those lower prelim cards or prelim fights when stuff like that happens because you know there's not a lot on the line it's just a matchup um, you know just someone trying to you know build their record and stuff and make their way up so uh, let's see oh uh, Tembe Garimbo versus Pete Rodriguez that was a welterweight fight. And it was a 32-second TKO in the first round for Garimbo. So this guy, who I failed to speak about all this last week because I, I got him mixed up with another guy that, that people have been talking about a lot. And I can't remember his name because it's a tough one to say. But Thembe Garimbo is the guy who uh, won a fight a while back and talked about how he had like $7 and change in his, in his bank account. And, and I think he got the... He got the win bonus, or he was up for the win bonus, and uh, you know, with with the, how exciting his fight ended, that uh, they were talking about the fact that you know he could, he really wanted the. Maybe it wasn't his last fight. Maybe it was. Yeah, it was his last last fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that was a win, and um, but uh, he got attention because the Rock hit him up, because you know the Rock story, seven bucks. Um, he always talks about how he only had $7 to his name before things really took off for him and he was ready to give up. Um, so he even has a production company called seven bucks production and stuff like that. Uh, so, so the rock like, uh, bought him a house or, or something like that and, and really lifted this guy up. So, um, just, I don't know, I guess it, he just felt, uh, compelled due to the similar circumstances and stuff like that. So, 
he came out and really showed out. 32-second TKO uh, in the first round. Like, damn. That's that's a hell of a way to continue to keep your name out there and, and be, you know, in people's heads and, and keep up the good work that, especially when you get the attention from someone like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, like, damn. Uh, so good for him, man. And he seems like a really good dude, down to earth, not one of these fucking, you know, jackass fuckers that are out there just talking shit, trying to get clout. Um, he's doing it the, the good way, the, the the real way, and it's it's nice to see. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be on the lookout for him. I'm not going to forget his name this time because that was a hell of a win. And, you know, he's just he's just a low, on the lower level, and he's working his way up, and it's nice to see that he gets all that attention from a celebrity like that, doesn't let it get to his head, you know. He's just out there trying to work hard and keep proving himself, and that's good. That's a hell of a win for him. We had Charles Johnson versus Azat Moxham in the flyweight division, unanimous decision there. And then we go to Molly McCann. The first fight I'll cover because i that's where I started my parlay <laughs> was with Molly McCann. And I was happy because not only did I have her as the first leg of my parlay, but I also just, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Molly's. Uh, Patty, Patty Pimblett, who is like her best friend and the, and the guy that's like hand in hand with her coming up. Uh, getting all the attention from Barstool and, and everywhere else. Uh, she she's she's kept she's kept it down to earth and and uh, hasn't been outlandish like uh, Patty has. Patty Pimblett has kind of rubbed people the wrong way here and there, so he's lost a little bit of that. But he's still super popular. So, but Molly, I I respect her. I, I think she's a, she's a good fighter. Um, I feel like she had some downtime there that that wasn't good for her. And so she decided to make things even harder on herself and go down a, div- a weight class. And now she's fighting at straw weight. And she had a rematch against Diana Belbita, who she fought in. Uh, damn, my chair just making all kinds of noise. Um, she fought Diana Belbita in a rematch where she she beat her before as well. Uh, but man, this was a pretty exciting fight in the first round. Uh, Molly McCann looking just just looking good, man. Like physically and 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 fight wise. She was all business. She was not fucking around. Uh, barely cracked a smile. She was looking serious and ready. And, and she went out there and put on a damn show. This fight, the first round, was coming up to an end. And she winds up putting Belbita in a, in, a, in a crazy position. Gets her down to the ground. And winds up putting her in this arm bar. And uh, she didn't break her arm. But they, there's definitely some ligament damage. Because she snapped that arm. Uh, or, or I guess they heard popping in the arm. So for sure there was ligament damage, but no real fracture or break from what I understand. But it was a nasty arm bar. And with one second left in the first round, four minutes and 59 seconds in, Molly McCann gets the submission by arm bar and gets a win in her strawweight debut. So good on her. Uh, I hope she keeps it going. And uh, man... I feel like she's she's going to be a force in this division if she can keep up that, you know, keep that weight down and, and keep up her physique and, and keep up her skills. It seems like this is where she maybe belongs. Uh, maybe the higher weight was a little bit much, you know, carrying that extra weight and stuff. She's looking built. Um, she's looking good. So uh, we'll keep watching out for that because she's definitely a favorite of mine. So, but moving on to the next fight. Uh... Charlie Radke, 
Chuck Buffalo is his nickname, which is kind of hilarious. I guess he's he's one of these outlandish kind of guys, too, that says a lot of shit that people don't like. Um, but uh, he gets a big win. TKO by punches as well over Gilbert Urbina. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he looked good in this fight. This was a, a first-round finish as well. Uh, four minutes and 47 seconds in. So, I mean, we're getting late finishes in the first round. But... Needless to say, first round finishes. So that was a damn good way to start off the card. And it was looking good. You know, we get the featured prelim with a finish, an exciting one. We get the first fight of the main card with an exciting TKO finish. Uh, Racky just looked good. I mean, he gets hit and he gets, he, he sustains damage, but he, you know, he keeps on it and, and gets that win uh, against Gilbert Urbina, which a lot of people were going back and forth on this one. I picked Radke in my parlay. And so I, w I was like, I was getting pretty stoked here because <laughs> two of my picks, which I think Radke was actually the, uh, I think Radke might've been the underdog. Maybe I'm not sure, but this marks his uh, second win in a row in the UFC. Um, so that's good for him. But uh, that puts him on a two, three, four, five, six fight win streak overall with some of those, obviously only two of those fights being in the UFC, but Still, that's a win streak. So, Ratke is on the roll and looking good um, and kept my parlay going. But then we moved in to, oh, well, here's the finish for, you know, Ratke, which I kind of, I, I liked some of these uh, finishing photos where the, the ref's stepping in because you kind of get to see, you know, it's always different, different angles, different, uh, different progression of the fight, you know, and and where it's finished and you can kind of see Urbina covering up so obviously it was a good stoppage by the ref but yeah that's the finish by Ratke so then we move on to uh Mahmoud Muradov versus Alexa Kazirev this one was a very fast fight because 11 seconds in we get this eye poke I don't know why I'm so uncomfortable all of a sudden but yeah, 11 seconds in, we get this eye poke by Kazirev. And uh, I mean, it's bad. Like, they showed the replay. You could see how far the fingers went in. And and, and it was weird. It was definitely accidental. Um, he did reach a little bit. You know, he's, you know they, they get that reach. They're, they're, they're feeling for that uh, that distance. You know, they're trying to, to, to create distance or, or, you know, feel out how far, you know, just, just basically hone in the distance. He puts his hand out there, paws it out a little bit, and his fingers were extended. And uh, Muradov kind of ducked his head into it. So it was kind of a both people, both people making progression forward. And bam, the the finger went in the eye, and it went in bad, as you can tell here. Look how look how bad his eye looks. I I mean he can't even open it. So the 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 doctor comes in. 11 seconds into the fight. I mean, barely anything has happened. Doctor comes in. They call it off right away. So, accidental eye poke. No contest. Parlay's still alive. You just have one less leg. Brings down the overall uh, uh, value of the parlay, too. Because, obviously, now we're down a fight. So, I'm thinking, okay, no big deal. You know, uh, it's unfortunate um it was you know it was looking like could have been a decent fight and instead we get this no one ever likes it when this kind of shit happens and the fight has to end but it happened so then um 
yeah, we get the no contest. You can see how upset um, Muradov is. And, you know, it is what it is. Sucks. Then we move on to another women's fight. Uh, Natalia Silva versus Vivian Arujo. So this fight, you know, I was looking forward to it. I thought it was going to be a pretty good fight. Um, it was. It was a fairly decent fight. It wasn't super exciting. Um, it wound up being a unanimous decision win for Natalia Silva in the flyweight division over Vivian Araujo. But, you know, they went back and forth. Silva looked pretty good. Araujo put it on her a bit, too, for a little while because I got a little worried. <laughs> I'm watching this fight, and I'm just like, oh, shit, no contest. Well, that, that kills that one, but I'm still 2-0. Parlay's still alive, and then Araujo's trying to put it on early, and, and it's not looking great for Silva, but then she turns it around, um, and it was only high moments for Araujo, uh, and she winds up, um, you know, continuing on and, and being dominant, landing a lot of kicks. That She's really good with those kicks, uh, whether it be low kicks, kicks to the body, kicks to the head. Um, she's definitely got those kicks down and she's explosive with it and she's fast and uh, throwing these this nasty elbow too that landed kind of a spinning back elbow uh, landing strikes left and right beat up Araujo gets the unanimous decision win Natalia Silva keeps my parlay alive now I'm 3-0 um, and then we move into uh, and then we move into Randy Brown versus Muslim Salikov. So now I'm starting to worry because I'm, I'm just like, shit, this was the fight where I was going back and forth. I couldn't remember. I couldn't, re not that I couldn't remember, but I, I, I can't remember right now who the hell I picked for sure, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, I picked Randy Brown. I think that's why I was worried about this one because I was going back and forth because everyone was talking about Salikov and, and how dangerous he is. Um, and how Randy Brown kind of gets himself into positions that are not good. and But it, it, when you saw them get into the cage, holy shit, Randy Brown looked like a fucking monster. Salikov is a, is a stout, is a fucking, but kind of stubby dude. Like, he's, he's shorter, a lot shorter than Randy Brown, but he's pretty fucking stacked. And, uh, but man, Randy Brown has some skinny ass legs, but that fool is is big, has big upper body, and he's tall as shit, and he's just overwhelmingly bigger, in, in when it comes to aesthetics compared to Muslim Salikov. So it looked like they should have been in different um, weight classes. But uh, I want to make a hundred percent sure that I'm being accurate on how my picks went down on this. But I know at this point I'm three and zero. You know with the no contest in there so that that uh that killed that one i hate that DraftKings makes you log in like every fucking time but this is what i'm i'm doing picks on DraftKings, so that's where i'm keeping my betting whenever i do it and i'm doing it a little more now i actually put a bet in for this week we'll go over that once we get to ufc vegas 85 with the preview for that but you know with the way it went last week i feel like breaking the fights down a little more and paying a little more attention to things i'm feeling a little better about making some picks so i'm gonna try to go go on a little bit of a, a win streak um hopefully but uh i want to see who i had here okay yeah uh oh shit that's my that's my slip for this week coming up where's mine for last 
Uh, oh, here we go. Okay, yeah. So I definitely picked Randy Brown. I just want to make 100% sure of that one. So I know where things went wrong after that. <laughs> but um, Randy Brown gets the KO win in the first round. Uh, three minutes and 17 seconds in in the welterweight division over Muslim Selikov. And it was it was a hell of a it was a hell of a fight for the for the three minutes and 17 seconds that it lasted. Randy Brown just looked damn good in this fight. Um, everyone was worried that you know he he tends to get hit. He tends to put himself in bad positions. And Salikov's one of those guys that could catch him and possibly submit him if he gets him down to the ground. But Randy Brown put it on him early and finishes him and gets him out of there in the first round. Uh, so yeah, Randy Brown with the finish and the win. Over Muslim Selikov, parlay continues. Now I'm four and Should be five and <laughs> I mean, I went with Kazirev because he was undefeated, uh, and I just felt like that was that was the safer bet there. I don't know enough about those two fighters, so I went with the favorite. Mixing it in on a parlay, the favorite's okay to do. In case you're wondering, because a lot of times if you don't if you don't bet on an underdog. You're not getting paid out much, but if you mix up the underdogs and and the uh, favorites, you get better odds in a parlay. So, you know, and that's just lower level parlay stuff. You're just, you know, betting money line. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm not betting on any props. Just kidding. I lied. I did bet on props, but I didn't bring those out here because that's going deep. Um, And... I'm betting on kind of outlandish props uh, because it, it's a big payout and it's very little money to spend for a big payout. So I am doing some props, but I, yeah, like I said, I didn't list them out. My, my main parlay that I put on here to share with everybody was my parlay of just straight money line fights, win or lose and four and oh. So here we go. Uh, now I'm getting nervous because I'm like, uh, can't think about it too much because I am hoping to, to get the win and, and win some money here in this parlay. But then we get to the next fight. Hinata Moicano versus Drew Dober. I was I was torn on this fight. And this I mean, Randy Brown, I was a little little worried about, but I knew Randy Brown against Muslim Zelikov. That wasn't lopsided or anything. Um and, and I just went with my gut on that one. But this one, man, I was torn. I was torn. My gut I, my gut feeling was go with Moicano. Um, but I went with Drew Dober because I, I... Drew Dober has heavy hands. Drew Dober is a knockout artist, per se. So... And Moicano gets hit a lot. Um, so I'm thinking, fuck. Let, let's go with Dober, man. I every time I Every time I bet against Dober... Uh, not really bet, but I'm just saying in, in terms of who I'm rooting for, I root against Dober and he wins. Um, so that, that kind of, I, I played that into my, <laughs> into my choices for the parlay, but this was a pretty good fight back and forth. Again, Moicano gets hit a lot, but Dober couldn't really get off those really big strikes that he's, that he's used to getting and, uh, and, and couldn't really hurt Moicano like he's hurt other people in the past um obviously you know damage as you can see here Moicano landing that punch on Dober Dober's already busted up and bloody Moicano's got a cut and bloody as well you can see there um but in the end it's unanimous decision win for Moicano uh in the lightweight division um and yeah parlay busted so 
that's unfortunate uh because i was torn on this fight and i again my initial gut was to pick moicano and i didn't do it so it's in the past <laughs> it's a damn shame but it was a pretty good fight and that leads us in so parlay busted but i still had some prop bets uh going so you know just uh backing myself up there um and and trying to get some other bets in the mix in case my parlay got busted early i could still you know watch the fights with something on the line um so i'm thinking okay i get the one fight i get the one fight wrong bust that parlay but i still have these other prop bets so um or i should say another parlay with props that's kind of what i did so maybe i'll get lucky on this well Nasruddin Amavov versus Roman Delize. Uh yeah. This one went um all five all five rounds. And I mean it wasn't the greatest of fights, unfortunately. Uh you know, Roman Delize put in some work in the beginning. Um it was kind of going back and forth. Imovov, I knew was a tough opponent. They had similar they had similar records. Um, I went with the lead day against my better judgment because I, I even read it on the podcast that someone said, I never vote. On, don't ever vote on the lead day. It's too, uh, too random. It's too, too, uh, risky with the lead day and they were right. So maybe I need to listen to the, but I didn't see that until I was looking up the odds again this past, uh, or last, last show. I was when I was looking up the odds, I saw that as a comment and I should have listened, but I had already put the bet in, so it is what it is. So Delete Day comes out and you know it's looking looking alright for him. He's landing punches, he's you know, it's going a little bit back and forth, seems fairly even. I think Imavov won the first couple rounds. Uh but uh yeah, Delete Day got his hits in too. It winds up being a majority decision for Imavov and uh he gets the win and yeah parlays completely busted all the way around middleweight division for Imavov and Delize Imavov with the majority decision win gets his big knee to oh whoops I skipped on oh I'm I'm literally pressing all of the wrong buttons that's a hell of a punch right there though this was a picture i was like damn talk about good timing on this um that big shot to the chin you can see that he obviously got hit the way that his mouth is shifted uh there's that big knee to the body though delete looking beat up and uh yeah lots of damage on the face everything's showing and there's another chin shot from imovov fuck man it is what it is. Uh, this is why betting on MMA is tricky. <laughs> this is why I never do it uh, or never did it before. But you know what? If I'm going to spend time in here talking about these fights and, and really look digging into them, you know, maybe I'll make it a little more worth it. Maybe I, I hit big here and there and, you know, get some extra things for the, you know, get some extra uh, stuff for the podcast room. <laughs> but... It, it's the chance you take. I'm not betting big money. Uh, we're talking like I had one parlay that I bet like $5 and change on. 
that was one of the big parlays and then the other one i bet like 15 bucks so i think i bet like 20 bucks overall not a big deal you know um i'm not i i initially said i wasn't gonna bet on the fight nights but with the way this one went and how good it was looking it gave me some confidence um and i decided to go ahead and you know try betting again this week so we'll get to that and i will show you um i made a little graphic and and show you my picks and all that um shit. like the hell <laughs> sorry got a little distracted there but um yeah that about does it for uh ufc vegas 85 um that was an apex card and then we give we have to follow it up with another apex card which is a damn shame but at least we're getting fights because the week before this this fight uh we had no fights so we're leading up to the big the big pay-per-view happening <clears throat> in less than two weeks now so let's move on to the ufc vegas 86 preview because you know what if we get through this quick no big deal i have some packing to do <laughs> but i am excited about this main event jack hermanson versus joe pfeiffer joe pfeiffer is joe pfeiffer's the shit right now um i like this dude the way that he talks the way that he carries himself and and his story is just badass um he's another guy who who got recognized by someone big and that that person being um that person being dana white now obviously people are going to say preferential treatment when it comes to him moving up in the rankings and, and getting better fights and stuff but you know i feel like he's doing that on his own he's proven himself with the way that he fights and and with uh what he's doing with his career so but jack hermanson is no joke he is a hell of an opponent um and a hell of a fighter so this is going to be this is going to be a tough one <clears throat> Man, my throat's been just messing with me. <coughs> Sorry. Ah, uh, man, hopefully that stops very quickly. But UFC Vegas 86, yet another Apex card. Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer. Well, we will get to that fight, obviously, because that's the main event. But on the prelims um notable fights again i i don't go through every single fight on the prelims i just like to cover and talk about quickly um any of the the bigger name fighters down there that you know people might know or or up and coming uh guys or girls that are that are you know making a name for themselves so looking at the first few fights no one really of note we get to the fourth fight of the prelims max griffin uh versus jeremiah wells um i know those names you may not but you know max Payne griffin has been around for a little while he's 19 and 10 uh against jeremiah wells who's 12 and 3 in the welterweight division max griffin is coming off a loss to uh michael morales back in july of last year a lot of decisions on his on his uh on his record though so might be in for a long three rounds on that one but he he does seem to be a pretty exciting fighter and you know he keeps you entertained uh in the fight uh and he is fighting jeremiah wells who's 12 and 3 
also coming off a loss back in August of last year. That was a submission loss for him against uh, Carlston Harris. Uh, you know, these guys are kind of similar level. It just seems like uh, Max Griffin has a little more, a uh, little more experience, but that could be a decent fight. Moving up, uh, the fifth fight on the prelims: Devin Clark versus Martin Prachnio. That's a light heavyweight fight. Clark fourteen and eight, Prachnio sixteen and seven. Uh, let's see, there's a women's a strawweight women's fight thrown in there. I honestly don't even know who either one of those women are. So that's a damn shame. <laughs> Then we continue to move on uh, to the eighth fight. Uh, Trevin Giles versus Carlos uh, Pretes. That's a welterweight fight. Trevin Giles, 16 and 5. Pretes, 17 and 6. Trevin Giles is a pretty good fighter. Um, That's a name you might recognize if you've been following, paying attention to MMA for a while. So, yeah, that's the uh, featured prelim fight there. Then we move into the main card, starting with. Adolfo Vieira versus Armin uh, Petrosian. Now, you get Armin Sarukian and Armin Petrosian. If you're like me, you get these two guys mixed the fuck up all the time because they're two names that are fairly similar, and I, I don't know what my problem is. I got this weird brain block on all this stuff, and I those two names just I get conflated. All, I'm like, one is Armin. The other one's Armin. I'm like, Armin Petrosian, Armin, Sarukian. <laughs> it's stupid. It's stupid. But uh yeah, the similar names, man. It's tough. But uh yeah, this is the first the first fight on the main on the main card. Middleweight fight. Adolfo Vieira, 34 years old, nine and two. Uh overall in MMA. He's four and two in the UFC. Uh he's coming off a win over Cody Brundage, which is a pretty good name there. Um has a loss to Chris Curtis. So he's fought a, he's fought has a loss to Anthony Hernandez. He's fought a few of the names you might recognize. Dustin Stoltzfus, um he won against as well. A couple names in there that you might know. So um he's got some he's got some pretty good experience under his belt in the UFC even though he's only got a total of 6 fights. He's 1 and 0 in the KOTKO category, 8 and 1 in submissions, 0 and 1 in decisions. And uh, like I said, coming off a win. So yeah, like if it goes to decision, his records—it's only one loss, but he has no wins in decision, which means a lot of his fights may not uh, go to decision, and that's what it looks like. None of his fights go to decision. Um. So yeah, maybe that's a bet you can make there—a prop bet if you're feeling confident in Hidolfo Vieira, um, saying that it's gonna, you know, not gonna go the distance. But let's look at his opponent, Armin Petrosian, 33 years old, 9-2 overall, 3-1 uh, in the UFC. And he's coming off a, he's on a two-fight win streak. So, yeah, he's, he's got 6-1 in KOs, TKOs, 0-0 um, in submissions. And then I believe it's 3-1. Apparently, I forgot the one on that which there's always one there's always one side here that i that i forget something on but uh decisions actually i can look that up right here 
uh, yeah, three and one in the decisions. And again, on a two-fight win streak, his last fight being against Christian Leroy Duncan. Um, and then his other win was against AJ Dobson. So not too bad. His last loss was against uh, Kyle Baraglio, which that's a tough opponent there. And he's a Dana White's Contender Series alum. So, yeah, looking at this fight, you know, uh, similar kind of similar kind of records and stuff. Um, you know, that 0-1 in decisions for Vieira, that stands out, man. One decision in all of his fights. Um, you know, he, he's got the submissions and then he can he can finish you by KO, TKO as well. So I thought this picture was pretty dope considering um i actually remember this fight and i remember seeing this picture after that fight uh, i think i used it one of the other times he fought because i just like it so much but yeah you can see how tight he's squeezing that that choke uh on the back of his opponent and he's got that under the chin obviously you can see his hands there ready to tap because that was that was it for him um and that was actually against uh I don't even know who that was against. I don't even know who that is. It doesn't look familiar. But anyway, yeah, we got Vieira, uh, Vieira there. Armin Petrosian with this uh, big kick to uh, Gregory Rodriguez, who we'll be talking about here in a minute because he's fighting on this card as well. Um, but yeah, look how busted up uh, Petrosian is in this one. Damn. Um, let me get to his record here and then like i said his last win being over oh i had it there what the hell oh that would make sense as to why vieras didn't vieras uh that was a submission oh yeah so it was arm triangle choke no that was sababek safarov that's why i didn't recognize him because i don't i don't really know that dude that well <laughs> but uh anyway uh Petrosian last win being over uh yeah two two and oh in his last couple fights sorry I'm just keep everything keeps jumping around for me over here so I'm just like trying to mess with this and get it to stop um sometimes this website just messes with me man but anyway Petrosian versus Vieira um I believe I went with Actually, I should open this so I can make sure I'm uh, being accurate on my picks. There we go. So this one, I'm going with Petrosian. He's a minus 102 uh, favorite, but uh, this was kind of a pick em fight because I think Vieira was like minus 112 or something like that. So pretty close fight here. Um, should be a good one to start off the main card. Let's move on to a real vet, Michael Johnson. If you've been uh, following MMA at all and been watching for a while, you probably know Michael Johnson because he's been around for quite a bit. 37 years old, 21 and 19 for an MMA record. So that tell that says a lot because that's a lot of fucking fights. Uh, 21 and 19, 31. That's 40 fights overall for. Uh, Michael Johnson so that's that's a hell of a record going up against uh, a little bit a uh, little younger 29 
What the hell? I messed up that one too. I gotta. I really gotta start double checking all these because I'm screwing up left and right. He's not 0-1 in MMA, obviously, when he has a UFC record of 8-1. What a dumbass. <laughs> That's all right. You know, what the problem is, is where when I make these, if you don't click things correctly and you don't click off of stuff the right way, it kind of deletes the last thing you did, Canva, on my phone. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it happens. The good thing is I back myself up with looking at the web the website that I get all this information from. So I have to, that's why I bring it all up because I, I like to be accurate. Um, but uh, yeah, Michael Johnson versus Darius Flowers. Uh, Johnson, 13 and 15 in UFC. That's a salty ass record for the UFC. Holy shit. He's got more losses than wins in the UFC. It's, it's a damn shame, kind of. Um, but he's fought a lot of big names. We'll get to that in a second. Nine and three in the KO category uh two and nine in submissions so not a great record when it comes to submissions for him so that would probably account for a lot of those losses on his record uh 10 and 7 in decisions that's a lot of decisions um coming off a loss and we got darius flowers 29 years old um let me look and see what his actual so his actual record is 12 and 6 why the fuck i have a zero there i don't know um yeah, I screwed up. Whatever. Uh, so, so don't mind that. But 12 and 6 overall. Um, 8 and 1 in the UFC. So he's been around a little bit. Nine fights. No, see, okay. I really screwed this one up. I think what happened here is that I didn't finish this one. So that's the problem. He's 0 and 1 in the UFC. His overall record is 12 and 6. I see what happened. I, I screwed up the uh, the lines. 0-1 in the UFC. There you go. So he is... Uh, it's 8-1 in, in KOTKOs. 1-5 in submissions. So he loses by submission a lot as well. Don't mind what I have written there because I screwed it up. 3-0 in decisions. So if this fight goes to decision, which it might because they both have... well. Michael Johnson has a damn, a, a lot of damn decisions on his record. So this one's tough, man. Um, with Darius Flowers being 0-1 in the UFC, Michael Johnson being the vet that he is, this this could definitely go uh, in the way of the vet here. But as far as Michael Johnson goes, let's take a look at... He's coming off a loss to Diego Fajeda. Uh, and that was uh, a KO loss for him in the second round back in May of last year. Look, this is how his record goes, man. This is kind of the fight, the type of fighter Michael Johnson is. He's lost, win, loss, win, loss, loss, loss. He went on a four-fight losing streak between 2019 and 2021. But the, look at the names. Josh Emmett, Stephen Ray, Stevie Ray, Tiago Moises, and Clay Guida. He's lost to Jamie Malarkey, has a win over Mark Diacasey, but he's fought Artem Lobov, Andre Feely, Darren Elkins, Justin Gaethje, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Dustin Poirier, who he has a win over, uh, Benil Dariush, Nate Diaz, Edson Barbosa, Melvin Gallard, Gleason Tebow, Joe Lozon. Holy shit, those are some names. 
Miles Jury, Danny Castillo, Tony Ferguson, who he won against back in the day. That's a lot of big names on his record. So that's what I mean by being a vet. And, and you know, you look at his record and you're like, damn, how, how does he have that kind of a record in the UFC? Well, look at the fucking names that he's been fighting. And a lot of those losses are to these big names. But in 2016, he beat Dustin Poirier. And in uh, 2015, Edson Barboza, he, he won against. And he beat Tony Ferguson way back in 2012. So he's got some big wins over some big names. But that's kind of a salty record there. So let's look at Darius Flowers. Uh, like I said, he's coming off a loss as well. His only fight in the UFC was a loss. Unfortunately, he does come from Dana White's contender series. Uh, that's what this picture's from, where he got a TKO submission win uh, in the first round. But his loss, his loss, his only fight in the UFC was a loss to Jake Matthews, second round submission uh, by rear naked choke. That was back in July of this year or last year. Sorry. So, who did I go with here? This is a weird one. I I went with Darius Flowers for the win. Um, he's the plus one twenty underdog. But the reason for my pick here is because Michael Johnson is such a streaky fighter. And he did not look great in his last fight. So this is what I'm going off of. Against Diego Fajeda, he got that KO. Uh, Fajeda's no joke uh, for an opponent, but he's not like super well established and stuff like, um, you know, it's not like a real big name there. Um, Notable fighter, but not like a crazy big name. So I'm thinking Michael Johnson, man, I I don't know that he, he, he's so... It's just flaky when it comes to the wins and the losses. So I might I might uh I might screw myself on this one, but I'm gonna go with the newcomer Darius Flowers, who's gonna be hungry to get a win and his first win in the UFC. Um and and you know, I, I just had a gut feeling there, so I went with it. So let's move on to the next fight. Brad Tavares versus Gregory Rodriguez. Did I say I might have said something else earlier. Anyway, Gregory Rodriguez is his nickname is the RoboCop, which is funny. Uh, but Brad Tavares, man, uh, I hate betting against him. And that's because I bet against him last time again uh, with Chris Weidman thinking Weidman being the vet that he is and the experience that he has. I was thinking for sure he can take Brad Tavares, but Brad Tavares is a tough motherfucker. He's 36 years old. 20 and 8 overall in MMA, 15 and 8 in the UFC, 5 and 4 KO TKOs, 2 and 0 in submissions, 13 and 4 in decisions. A lot of decision, uh, a lot of decisions on his record there. Um, and when, then we got Gregory, his oh, and he's coming off a win. So then we got Gregory Rodriguez, 31 years old, 14 and 5 overall, 5 and 2 in the UFC, 9 and 3 in KO TKOs. 3-0 and in submissions, 2-2 two and two in decisions. So it's looking like, you know, it leans more towards the KOTKOs for Gregory Rodriguez. But uh, when it comes to Tavares, he's fought a lot of big names too. Um, his last, like I said, his last win being against Chris Weidman. 
Before that, he was on a two-fight losing streak. So that was a big win for him to get himself back in that win column. It was a unanimous. Ooh. <coughs> Ooh. Oh, man. Thought I was going to sneeze. And then I kind of. This has been happening to me ever since. Like, man, ever since I got sick, I got all this little stuff that keeps happening. It's like I'm not 100% over it. Little stuff here and there is annoying. Uh, anyway, that big win against Chris Weidman, though, after two fight, after dropping two fights in a row. Um, but that was a unanimous decision win for him back in August of last year. Um, before that, he had a TKO loss to Bruno Silva. And then a unanimous decision loss to Drakus Duplessis. So a couple big names there. Um, again, another streaky fighter, man. So... Uh, if it, if it goes in the pattern that he has, I mean, he's slated to win here. So that sucks for me because I went with Darius Flowers. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading from the last fight. I, I went with Gregory Rodriguez in this fight. Um, just cause yeah, it looks like this is kind of what, what Brad Tavares does. It's like win, loss, win, loss, but then he's got two losses, two wins, two losses, two wins, and then a or two losses and then a win so like i said if it follows the pattern he's gonna win this one which would be bad news for me in my parlay but i did go with gregory rodriguez because um he is kind of the up-and-comer that everyone's you know been talking about um and he just seems to kind of get people uh interested in his fights his last fight being a win over dennis tululin uh, back in August of last year, KO by elbows in the first round. Uh, before that, he he had a loss, and then before that was two two fights. I mean, two wins in a row. So a lot of his fights seem to be ending by KO or TKO, uh, whether he wins or loses. So that's kind of what I went with here. Um, just judging by everything I was looking at, I went with Gregory Rodriguez. He is the minus 238 favorite, so I did go with the favorite here. Uh, so that had a little bit to do with my with my pick as well. Now we move on to um, uh, UFC debut by Robert Bryzek, uh versus Ihor Taporia. This was... Uh, Taporia is actually... A late replacement. I don't remember exactly who uh, Bryzek's um, initial opponent was, but uh, Bryzek is 33 years old, 17 and five overall in MMA. Again, this is his UFC debut, so he doesn't. He's 0 and 0 in the UFC. 11 and one KO TKOs. Um, one and one in submissions, five and three in decisions, and he's coming off a win. Against Ihor Taporia, who's 27 years old, 19 and five overall in MMA, one in three for a UFC record. That's tough. Um, I mean, he has a big win against. I'll find out in a minute. I can't remember who that big. That one win was against a big name, but um, someone that was kind of on his way out as well. I think it might have been Shogun. I don't remember. I'll find out in a minute. Nine and four in KO TKOs, six and zero in submissions. So there, he's he's dangerous on the ground for sure. Um, four and one in decisions, and he's coming off a loss. So, Robert Bryzek, um, making his UFC debut. He's on a one, two, three, four, five fight win streak. Um, none of those obviously being in the UFC. 
So, you know, he's getting a step up in competition here because you're always going to be fighting the better fighters when you get to the UFC. Uh, looks like he's finishes all of his fights by KO or TKO in those last five wins. It was all KO or TKOs in the fucking first round. So there's some there's something you can bet on. First round finish for Bryzek. Uh That seems to be a pretty safe bet at this point. But he's fighting Ehor Vittoria. Does not have a great does not have a great record in UFC. One in three. But yeah, that he had that big win where he retired Shogun Hua back in uh, January of last year. That was a a win by TKO in the first round but if you look at all of his ufc fights they have all been finishes by tko and also two in the first round two in the second round and he's only won one of those fights so that's what made me pick the the date the ufc debut guy uh Bryzek, because he's finishing all of his fights in the first or second round by tko or ko so i'm like that's that's an easy bet right there for me um, it's only a uh, minus 165 uh, that's only a minus 160 I'm sorry minus 166 uh, favorite there so I mean it's kind of close in the odds but um, he's not a huge favorite but he is a favorite and that was kind of how I leaned my bet there then we move on to Dan Ige versus Andre Feely um, this should be a pretty damn good fight because both these guys are usually involved in an exciting fight, whether or not it goes to decision or gets finish. They're both exciting fighters. 50, uh, 50k Dan Ige um, got that nickname because he was getting um, he was getting the 50k bonus left and right uh, earlier in his career. By the way, this is the co-main event. Um, so yeah, Danny Gay's 32 years old, 17 and seven overall in MMA, nine and six in UFC, five and zero KO TKOs, five and zero in submissions, seven and seven in decisions. So it's kind of 50, 50 on, on winning for him if he goes to decision, but he's undefeated in the KO TKO and submission, um, categories. So if it doesn't go the distance, it's in, it's leaning in his favor. So that's pretty good when you're looking at that, uh, when you're looking at those stats. But he, his opponent is Andre Touchy Feely, who, you know, if you've been around MMA for a bit, you know who he is. Team Alpha Male guy. Been around for a while. Um, really big back a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of got a, a patch of losses and stuff here and there. And, uh... Hasn't really been in contention much uh, recently, but he's 33 years old, 23 and 10 overall. That's a hell of a record there. 33 fights, 11, 9 and 1 in the UFC, 10 and 3 in the KOTKOs, uh, 3 and 2 in submissions, and 10 and 5 in decisions. Um, so that's 10 wins by decision, 10 wins by KOTKO. He does hit very hard for that division. Um, and yeah, that's something to always look out for when it comes to Andre Feely. But uh, first, we'll touch on Dan Ige. He had a big win against uh, Nate Landwehr, Nate the Train. That was his last win, but he is coming off a loss to Bryce Mitchell, 
which was a unanimous decision loss. And I don't know, he just couldn't figure out Bryce Mitchell. It wasn't an impressive fight for either one of those two, but Bryce Mitchell definitely uh, came out with that win. And and you know he did what it he got he he put in the work to get that unanimous decision. Um, so that was uh, September of last year, and then we had that weird that weird stuff that happened after the fight where Bryce Mitchell was going off doing his crazy stuff and trying to get Ige to like pray with him and he was saying all kinds of crazy shit on the mic I don't know but uh yeah he's coming off a loss to Bryce Mitchell um but before that he was on a two-fight win streak with big wins over Damon Jackson and Nate Landwehr but before that he was on a three-fight losing streak to Chan Sung Jung Josh Emmett and Mozar Evloev. So those are big names that he lost to. He's fighting Andre Feely, who, you know, is a decent name there, but um, hasn't been on the best, like, win streak. So, uh, yeah, uh, Dan Ige, it, it's hard not to bet on him uh, just because he was so solid for for a while. He's got wins over Edson Barbosa, Mursad Bektik, um yeah, I mean, he's got some names in there. Uh, and he's got a lot of experience. Uh, and he came from Dana White's Contender Series as well. But his opponent, Andre Feely, is, um, I mean, he's a badass. And I usually favor Feely. But on a personal level, I just think he's a cool dude. And I've, I've rooted for him for a while just because I was following his career for a bit there. Because um, he's just kind of a fun fighter. Uh, but shit, um, he's coming off a win over Lucas Almeida, which is a pretty damn good win. TKO by punches. That's what Ige's got to look out for is the striking of Andre Feely because he definitely has, uh, heavy punches and kicks and, um, he's pretty quick with it and he's pretty technical. So, uh, well, not really technical, but I mean, he always finds a way to land and he has a, a habit of knocking people out or getting a TKO. So, bit streaky though um his last four four, five fights it was win loss win loss and a no contest uh accidental eye poke there but before that it again win loss win loss so that's kind of the pattern for his his uh his career um and how it works out for him so that that was one of the factors in me picking dan ige for this fight uh ige is the favorite minus 175 um, not really too many of these favorites are real big favorites. So, you know, that's, that kind of weighed in on my, um, on my picks as well. And I like Andre Feely and I, I, I like to see him win, but I'm just, uh, I'm going to go with Dan Ige on this one. So now we get to the main event and this is the fight that I'm actually the most excited for when it comes to this fight card, um, this fight night. Because Jack Hermanson's a beast, but Joe Pfeiffer is just super fucking impressive these days. And uh, he's he's a guy who, again, like I said, got that attention from Dana White because uh, he basically was homeless <laughs> when he uh, first got into the UFC. And now he's kind of become a somewhat of a star. And uh, Dana White helped him get you know a place to live and and gave him some money and stuff and like got this guy on his feet because he saw potential and. Piper's come through. Um, let's see. Jack Hermanson is 35, 23 and 8 overall in MMA, 10 and 6 in the UFC. 
11 and 3 in KO TKOs, 6 and 2 in submissions, and 6 and 3 in decisions, and he's coming off a loss. Uh, but yeah, he's fighting the beast. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer, 27 years old, 12 and 2 overall, 3 and 0 undefeated in the UFC, which so that makes this kind of weird, I feel like. But I mean, Hermanton is a, is a damn good fighter, so I can understand why they made this matchup. Just uh, giving Pfeiffer a step up in in competition, I guess. So when it comes down to it, uh, I mean, that's the justification for this fight, I'd assume. But um, Pfeiffer, again, undefeated in the UFC, 3 and 0. 8-1 in KO TKOs, 3-1 in submissions, and 1-0 in decisions. And he's coming off a win, obviously, because he's undefeated in the UFC. So, yeah, this is a this is an interesting matchup here, which is why I'm excited about this fight, because I know both these guys are great fighters, and Pfeiffer's just exciting to watch, man. I don't know what else to say, except for it's just an, he's an exciting fighter. And Hermanton is, is a beast as well. So when it comes down to it, that's what makes this a pretty exciting fight. But let's take a look at Hermanson. Um, again, he's uh, coming off a loss to Roman Delize, who, you know, we just covered for the last uh, fight night. But that was back in December of, of 2022. That was a TKO loss. So he hasn't fought in over a year. So that ring rust, man, who knows? Um, it's tough. But again, uh, last few fights, it's win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. But, I mean, he's fought people like Delize, Chris Curtis, uh, who you see here, he got a win over him, a loss to Sean Strickland, a win over Edmund Shabazian, a loss to Marvin Vittori, a win to Kevin Kelvin Gastelum, a loss to Jared Cannonier, a win over Hena, uh, uh, Ronaldo Souza, oh, Jacare, that was, yeah, I mean, a win over David Branch, Gerald Mearshart, Telus Latis. he's fought a lot of big names, a lot of well-known guys. Um, so it gives him the experience, but you know, he's, he's been dropping fights, um, in his last few fights, it's just been win, loss, win, loss. So uh, a lot of decisions, um, decisions or submissions and a, and a TKO worked in here and there. Uh, that's about how his record goes. So you see here this big punch against Chris Curtis, um, uh, there's more against Edmund Shabazian. You got this big kick here against Chris Curtis again. And then uh, some ground and pound going on right here. Again against Shabazian, I guess. Um, those are the most exciting ones I could find. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the, Hermanson is a he's an impressive fighter, but I just don't get good feelings when it comes to him against somebody like Joe Piper. And that's because Joe Piper is the hot up and coming fighter. He's on he's on a fucking roll right now. He's on a high and he's riding that train. So um, it's hard to bet against him right now. Uh, every time I think um, this might be, I mean, he fought Gerald Mearshart, not in his last fight, but the fight before that. And I mean, he finished him in the first round with by TKO. So um, Joe Piper's just a beast, man. And against somebody like gm3 gerald mearshart that's that's pretty impressive so his last win was against abdul razak al hassan uh and that was in october of last year april of last year was the gerald mearshart fight and then ellen um Amadevsky was uh his his first official fight in the ufc and that was a tko as well so you got 
including Dana White's Contender Series, which is how he got into the UFC. You've got four TK, or I'm sorry, three TKO wins. Oh shit. Uh, three T. There you go against Gerald Mearshart right there. Three TKO wins and a and a submission. So I mean that's pretty fucking impressive. Three and zero. Uh, no, none of his fights have gone past the second round. You know he's got the striking. He's got the submissions. This one was pretty impressive as well. That was his last fight against Abdul Razak Al Hassan. So yeah, those submissions. Oh shit! I doubled up. Apparently, what the hell? Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so that that's why I'm picking Joe Pfeiffer. He's a minus 258 uh, favorite. So that's it. That about wraps it up. Um, oh, this is this is what I was going to. This is what I meant to do, which is why I doubled up there, because there's my picks. Let me fix this. I did this on the fly, so I have to fix it so that it looks correct. Quick on the fly work here. My bad. <laughs> but uh, there we go. Main card parlay. Armin Saruki. Armin, oh, see, there I go again. Armin Petrosian, Darius Flowers, Gregory Rodriguez, Danny Yeh, Robert Bryzek, which I mixed those up to. I got to pay attention. And then Joe Pfeiffer. There's my parlay. I think I bet like 15 bucks on it. Um, I could win a couple hundred if I, if I get them all right. Um, like I said, I only got two on... I only got one under, yeah, one underdog in this whole thing. And I mean, I could, I could still win a couple hundred bucks from that. So not bad. And then I did another prop parlay as well, but that one's crazy. And I just did it for the fun of it because, and I only bet like $4, $3 and change or something, but I can win a shitload. So, <laughs> but I always got to go for that. Uh, I always got to go for that long shot. So, yep, that's it. It is what it is. Let's hope that I do a little better. Well, I mean, if I keep doing better on all my parlays, that will just mean that I, uh, I'm going to start winning. <laughs> because my last parlay is two fights. Um, I dropped two fights, and that was it. But I was, what, 4-0 before that? Something like that. And, uh, and then the no contest worked in there. So, yeah, I mean... I wasn't doing too bad on the last round, so let's hope for something better. I did win $3.35 or some shit like that on my other, my second parlay that I put in. So that's still better because, honestly, every other bet that I've made on DraftKings, that was the first time I ever won anything, which is a damn shame, but I haven't taken it very seriously, and I haven't made quite a few. I haven't made a, a bunch of bets. So let's hope that I have better luck this time and... um. Yeah, it just makes it interesting, just a little extra reason to pay attention. But I am going out of town this weekend, a little vacay with the wife. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to be able to pay as close of attention this time. And these are good fights, too. So, I mean, who knows? Um, I might have my phone out on the table being a dick if my wife doesn't mind. <laughs> it's kind of an asshole move, but I love it and I watch it all the time. So it is what it is. We'll see what's happening at that moment when the fights are on. But, um yeah, don't forget to catch those. I do it because it's an Apex card. I do believe it is starting a bit early again. Yeah, 5 p.m. is the the start for the main card. It, that's Arizona time. Uh, count for your time zone as you will. But a little bit of an early start. 
So, yeah, enjoy the fights. Um, yeah, if you want to bet on that parlay, go for it. Uh, I feel okay about it for the most part. So, <laughs> uh, take a chance if you will, or, you know, take some of my picks and add them in with something you feel better about. Have some fun with it. And then next week, show up to the to the uh, podcast and uh, jump in the chat and let me know how you did. Um, I'm going to keep everybody updated on mines. So, yeah, good luck to you all, and good luck to me, hopefully, this week. That does it for me. I got to go do some packing. I got to get up early and, and get to driving. So, I'm out. That's it for this week. Catch me again next Thursday uh, where we will preview UFC 298. Uh, recap this week's fights. See how I did on my parlay and see what we got for next week's bet. So don't forget to come back. Like and subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you know whenever I'm live. Um, going around to podcast everywhere on social media except for X. It's going around to pod. Go follow me on all that. Um, more active on Facebook and Instagram. But uh, I throw some TikToks out there and I'm probably the least on X. But that's where I get a lot of news. So, you know, hit me hit me up in any one of those. Um, give me a follow. And don't forget to check out the show again next week. As for me... That's it. I'm done. I'm out. Time to pack. Have a good night. Enjoy the fights. Peace.